Greetings, folks. Welcome to the Mason Weaver Show. My name is Mason Weaver, your host, and this broadcast is also being uh, broadcast on audio and video. Uh, you can find the video v- version of this on our website, Leave the Plantation, as a sponsor of the Mason Weaver Show. Uh, the, uh, the, the audio you can find anywhere you can find good podcasts, you know, Apple, iHeart. Have a good time. Today, I am just, I've been thinking all day long, boy, I got to do this video. Ah, oh, no, we're going to do this video. Oh, I got to do this video. Because apparently, uh, we're all crazy. Uh, apparently, we are looking to the loo left to describe everything we think and do and feel. We let them tell us what's popular, what's not popular. And now it seems like there's words that we cannot say, things we cannot think. We cannot believe certain things. You have to believe that a man can have a baby. You have to actually contemplate that as a reality. You have to think that there's multiple um, genders other than two. And now apparently, you cannot say the word nigger. Because that is so painful to black people. That we're so weak that we cannot stand in the presence of a white person saying the word nigger. That we will explode eternally. That we will, we will tear ourselves apart. We cannot stand in the presence of a white person saying the word nigger. And what they're saying to us, what they're really saying to us, folks, is uh, that we are so weak. We're so unable to compete that nice white people have to placate us and make us feel better. And it's really strange because some people can say the word nigger. Some people can say it loudly and proudly. Some folks, not white racists, not not the Klan members, they can't say the word nigger. But the boy, the black rapper, he was a black comedian on stage. Yeah, if you're singing a song with nigger in it, you can do that. But you cannot go up to someone and say the word nigger. You can't do a blackface. Unless, I mean, unless you, if you believe this stuff, something's wrong. Deep in your heart, you know it's wrong. So why do we accept this? Why do we let the loot left? The loot left. I mean, there's nothing they believe in that's worthwhile. There's nothing they even cater to that's worth any any simple thought. Why do we let them tell us what we cannot say? And why on earth, why on earth do we want the government to regulate our speech? My goodness. In the civil rights movement, which I fought in, I marched in, I was not marching in Oakland for the right to make white people treat me good. I didn't, I didn't fight for the right not to be offended by white people. Yeah, the word nigger is offensive if it's used the right way. You can, you, we can be sweet if you use the right, you know, another way. Hey, you know, you can do that. But it's just a word. So I didn't march and demonstrate to make white people speak to me politely. I was fighting first. I was fighting against Democrats. Didn't know at the time. I was fighting against Democrat laws. But civil means legal. Civil means government. The civil rights. The civic code. We have a civil right. The government had regulations and rules on us to operate ourselves and to live accordingly. Put up by, by laws. And we were fighting to remove those laws. In Oakland, I could not live in certain places. Because of the color of my skin. I was fighting to get that out the way. I was not a party to make white people like me. I did not care then. I do not care now. Who in the heck likes me? Because I'm grown. 
She, a white man called me nigger today. Why can't a white man call me nigger? He and I handle it as grown men and not have to run and tell somebody, why do you use, why do you lose your job? Why would you lose your job because you call me an insulting name? Now, now the word nigger is meant to be insulting. It's meant to be aggressive. It's meant to, to express to you the person's disdain for you. I got that. I got some words I can use on YouTube. I mean, I'm, I'm an exceller. I can do those things, but but it doesn't that doesn't put you in danger. If you call me a nigger, you're not threatening my life. Now, there was a time when you did. I got that. But those are no longer the times. You see, if you if you don't like me because of the color of my skin, that's that's what we fought for. So you'd be able to talk to me any way you want to talk to me. I, I remember once going come out of uh, the store, and I walked up. The aisle to my car, and there was a two gentlemen having a heated argument. One was an older guy, one was a young guy. The young guy was standing in front of his car. It was a BMW, I'm sorry, it was a Volkswagen Beetle full of racial, racist, Confederate memorabilia and statements. He had two Confederate flags on the back of his bumper. Can imagine big old flags on the back of a small Volkswagen. Young dude, obviously a, looked to me like a skinhead. I didn't know, and, and the older gentleman was arguing and debating. You can't have that. You can't do that. And the guy was from Argentina. You can tell by his accent. As I walked up, they both noticed me. Ah, oh, here comes a black guy. So the older gentleman thought, Ah, oh, here's an ally. He's gonna he's gonna help me defend this because he's a black guy. And the white guy looked at me and said, Oh, he's a black guy. Damn, he's gonna probably try to kick my ass or something, you know. So I walked up to him. And the dude said, The old man said, See this, see this doggone car he has here. He can't have this car here. And they asked the uh, the old guy, where, where are you from? He said, Argentina. I said, welcome to America. He has a right and the ability to hate my guts. He has a right to express his belief system. This is America. If they can tell him not to do it, they can tell me not to do it. So to the young man, I said, man, don't listen to this dude. He, he has a misunderstanding about American freedom. If your flag doesn't offend me, your bumper stickers don't offend me, if it's your heritage, let it be your heritage, man. Uh, don't let this guy bother you. And a little white boy thanked me. I said, no problem, man, no problem. I'm no problem with him, man. I ain't got no problem. I was in the city, a county, 1.7% black in the whole county, less than 2% black folks in the whole county. And that's where the city was at. And you got... 99.9% of white folks are nice and decent. When I was a kid, 12, 13 years old, they'd drive by every once in a while and call you a nigger out the, out the window. But they wouldn't stop and call you a nigger. They wouldn't call you a nigger on the playground at school. They could not get away. They they, they knew it was, it was a great insult. Let's talk about your mother. If I said your mother was a hoe, that's an insult meant to hurt your feelings, meant to show you I dis dislike you. Uh, it cause you trouble. If you call me a nigger, it may cause you trouble. I don't know. I don't know. It depends what you're doing when you call me that name. You say, hey, nigga, how are you? You know, I'm, I'm pretty good with words. I could probably say things to you and make you feel bad. Um, but if you say, hey, nigga, and go in your pocket, or hey, nigga, got a, got a, a knife on you, or a club, man, we got some problems that we're going to take care of immediately. Not because of the word nigga, because of threat that's behind that word. So now you got this, this podcaster, Rogan being harassed now because he used the word nigger. Now, if he had been a prime minister of Canada, you know, or governor of, you know, some eastern state, he would not have had no problem doing that. If he had been a rapper on stage, 
he had no problem. But they're trying to control his thought because they think that that word nigger would influence us not to support him. Uh, folks, there is, there is no one's opinion of me that means more to me than my opinion of me. I am in charge of Mason Weaver. So, mention the word nigger. Let's look at a couple of examples. <clears throat> in my you know, few years on this planet, I've had a chance to meet a couple of races. This is one guy we all recognize. This is Tom Metzger. Tom Metzger, is a, he died just a couple of years ago, as a matter of fact. Uh, this is my radio station in San Diego. Tom Metzger was the founder of the White Aryan Resistance. It is the skinheads that we know today. And he had been, just before this picture, not just before, but, but he had been sued by a black woman because her son was killed in Portland by skinheads, and she sued him and won and, and took his house from him. And uh, that's me, in the, in that, I guess that's a mustard shirt. Ladies would know better. The gentleman here, in, as you see, in the in her heaven's face showing, is his bodyguard, I believe. It may have been my bodyguard. I forgot. Nice guy. My bodyguard's a nice off-duty sheriff officer, good friend of mine. But we have this interview on the radio about black and white relationships. And Tom was a, you know, he's a known grand dragon of the KKK in California, you know. And he is, he's probably used that word nigga a couple of times. I had no problem with that guy in my studio. As a matter of fact, before the show, in our pre-show interview, he told me, Mason, don't be surprised if all your black callers support me. Now, why would he say that to me? And more importantly, why would he be so assured that the white, the black callers would be in support of him? He said that, and he leaned forward to observe my reaction to that. And I said, I wouldn't be surprised. And he said back, you wouldn't? I said, no. I wouldn't be surprised. He said, why wouldn't that surprise you? I said, Tom, I prepared for my show. That's all I said. That's all I said. So during the show, we start talking and got to the last segment of the program. And I asked this white racist, this white supremacist, the founder of the white Aryan resistance, the grand dragon of the KKK, I asked him a question right before the last break. I said, Tom, have you ever supported the nation of Islam? He looked at me, his bodyguard set up with attention on him. And I asked him again, have you ever supported the black Muslims? Because see, folks, all the black folks that had called my program, you can tell by the rhythmic voice that Tom, like Louis Farrakhan with the bop, the bop, the boop, that's what they do. They follow their leader. And their tone of voice, their cadence was that of a black Muslim. And I knew these were black Muslims. So I asked this dude, I asked this white racist, why have you ever supported the nation of Islam? And he said, I, I support their right to, to, I said, no, no, Tom, 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 you know me, brother. You know me. I know you listen to my radio program. So have you ever written a checkout, payable, Nation of Islam? He leaned back and said, yes. And I asked him, you, you want to explain to my audience, Tom, why you support the black Muslims from a platform of a white supremacist? Why would you give money to the Nation of Islam? Tom, 
Why do you meet with them regularly, Tom? Why do you conspire and do things with them regularly? I, mean, I just started going off on him because I knew, I knew what was behind all this stuff. He hesitated. I said, Tom, you, you know, I never ask a question if I do not already know the answer to. I knew you told me to expect these black folks to call support on you. I knew why you knew that. You had set the calls up already. They all come from Southeast San Diego. San Diego. I know who's calling, and we know why they're calling. Tell my audience, why do you support the Nation of Islam? Tom Metzger said to me, I support them because we want the same thing, our own nation. So, ladies and gentlemen, the white supremacists and the black supremacists want to destroy your nation to have a nation of their own. They plan riots and protest marches. They plan, they plan clashes. How can you get the Klan and, and black militants together for, for a fight? Nobody gets killed. <laughs> How do you do that? I, my, my point is really simple. You are being played. This whole racial identity stuff is a play on your emotions to get you to distrust and hate the guy next to you. Not to, not to really go someplace so that you can be con, you know, controlled. The word nigger has no effect on me whatsoever. Zero effect on me. Now, the word with some backup will have effect. Any word with backup. You can call me MF. You can say my, my dog is, 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 is a prostitute. That, with a backup, doesn't matter what you say. Good day with a backup. Try to say, hello, how you doing today? Mason with a club in your hand. The backup. But the word itself is irrelevant. I had a, a, a neighbor, same radio program. Uh, that's Tom. And, and, you know, um, I can tell you a long story about the interview. It, 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 went, it was crazy. But I had a neighbor who was a, a school teacher, and I did, a radio, I did a program with him on my radio show. Um, brought his goon with him. He had to bring his bodyguard, too. I don't know. And a few weeks after the, the interview, he's a liberal and I was conservative. So he started flying the Confederate flag in his backyard where only I could see it, just for me. And I noticed it. I saw it. Didn't say a word because it was none of my business. So after me being silent for a few weeks, he finally leaned over the, over the back fence and said to me, uh, Mason, does my flag offend you? Hoping that it would. I said, why would your flag offend me in your yard? Now, put your flag in my yard, I will offend you. But in your yard, man, you didn't do with that. He said, well, you know, it's the, it's the flag of my ancestors, it's the flag of my heritage, it's the flag of my identity. I said, okay, okay, what's, how you do, how's your day? You know, well, you know, it's, it symbolizes my culture and my heritage. I said, okay, I knew the guy was from New York. Maybe, maybe by way of the South, I don't know. I don't know, I give him what he want to give him, you know. And so, I, so he finally said, so what does it symbolize to you? The Confederate flag? Yeah, what does what it symbolize to you? I said, well, the Confederate flag symbolizes the flag of the losers. You lost. The heritage that you wanted to talk about, the state's rights, was the state's rights to keep slaves. And it was such a horrible, evil condition that your own brothers stood up and went to war against you. Your, your northern brothers... 360,000 of them went south to fight their own brothers, their free strangers. That's how horrible your heritage was. 
So fly your flag, brother, because every time I see that flag, I remember the fact that America came together and tore down your ideology. That America came together and, and, and you eradicated that nonsense from our consciousness. So every time I see your flag, I feel emboldened. I feel, I feel proud of what America, black men and white men, turned out to be. So fly your flag. As a matter of fact, since the victors usually takes the flag, I'm going to go out and buy me a Confederate flag and put it on my doormat because I won. And you will never have victory over me, ever. Because the dude took his flag down because he knew that it was not going to intimidate me. Why do we allow this? Why do we allow the word? a word? You're going to lose your job if you say the word. Folks, it's the loot left. They don't ban the word. You know that the, every song, you turn on certain TV stations, radio stations, every song you hear has that word in it. Black people use that word aggressively and tenderly. So it doesn't matter to us. Why in the heck does it matter to you? What it says is that we, black people are so weak, we cannot stand in your presence. So we have to protect it from words. Um, I'm not such a person. This gentleman here, these three gentlemen here in this picture here, three guys dressed in military garb. These are Nazis. They're dressed in Nazi stormtrooper uniforms. The two on the on the left, you see this guy on the left has a, a very submissive fold of his hands, his arms. He's hunched back a little bit. He is a little nervous, but he's standing next to his buddy. He feels a little more emboldened. The guy in the middle, a little defiant, stern face. His arms are folded, still not as tight as they should be. The guy on the far right in black uniform is bold, defiant, confident. He's got his arms folded tightly against his body. He is confident. He is sitting, these three guys in Nazi uniforms, these three white guys are sitting at a Nation of Islam Founders Day celebration. 10,000 black Muslims are sitting behind this dude. 10,000 black Muslims. And sitting in front of them, is Elijah Muhammad, the founder, and Malcolm X, the chief militant. And they're sitting there as guests of the black Muslims, Nation of Islam. And that's this picture is what made me ask this dude the question. I started looking and researching and coming to find out all about this two relationship. But this guy gets up. I'm not going to tell his name because, you know, he's a Nazi. You know, that name is to me. But he gets up in front of 10,000 black Muslims with Malcolm X standing, sitting behind him and the founder, Elijah Muhammad. And he says, I stand before you today calling you all niggers. And he survived. As a matter of fact, 10,000 black Muslims stood up and gave him an applause. You tell me that word it's powerful and mean. You tell me that word should not be. You 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 got a you got. If these dudes, if, if Tom Mesker and these Nazis were really brave bad dudes, if you're gonna if standing in front of black Muslims saying that word is nothing. Take your behind down to the hood. Stand in front of Pookie and Ray Ray and the Bloods and the Crips on the corner selling their dope. You get out your car and walk your bad butt up to them and say, "Hey, I stand here calling you all niggas today." That ain't, it ain't bold. Because he said to them, his second comment, I stand here calling you all niggers. 
You should be happy I'm saying it in front of you instead of behind your back like other folks do. It gave him an applause because the word has no meaning. So America, let's stop. Let's stop allowing them to tear us apart. Let's stop allowing them to tell us we can't even express ourselves. Why can't grown people react being insulted ourselves? Why do we need our government and our bosses at work to threaten us for what we do after work? You're not slaves, fuck to your boss. Use the N-word if you feel good about it. Use the N-word. Express yourself to me, and I will express myself to you, and we're two grown-behind people, and we'll be able to express ourselves, and then when it's over, we go about our business. But I do not want my government to have the power to tell you what you can say, because if the government has the power to tell you, then the government has the power to tell me also, and I do not. Will I accept that? We are not tribes. White tribe and black tribe. We're not tribes. The East Coast tribe and the West Coast tribe. We are Americans. We're united by our commonality, not by our differences. So I ask you guys to buy my book, Tribalism. Tribalism is one of my 12 books. It's on my website, uh, clarenceamation.com or leadtheplantation.com. You can get all my books there. Buy this book. It's about, it's about a 14-year-old gang member who was shot and he wakes up 150 years in the past as a slave. He still remembers the plantation. He still remembers the future. He remembers, he learns why men get tattooed, why black men get tattooed. Why are we call our women bitches and hoes? Why are we have the, uh, the have to have to put our pants down, hang our pants? He finally learns to respect black women when he escapes at Harry Tubman. And then he learns to respect white people when he sees who runs the safe houses as he went up north. And then he gets free Gets to the north and meets Frederick Douglass, who tells him no one is free and that's all of us are free. And this black teenage kid has to learn the lessons of freedom. He has to learn, and it's a historical book written on historical documents, and it explains the plight of how we were. And we go back, like the children of Israel, 420 years, they looked for a deliverer from slavery in Egypt. For 420 years, they told their children, we're going to be free. We're going to be free. We're going to be free. God's going to free us. And then you had Moses come. And they saw the plagues upon Egypt. They saw Pharaoh's son die. They saw freedom come. They were given all the gold they can carry by the Egyptians to get the heck out of Dodge. And then they saw the Red Sea split. And they walked through and saw the walls on both sides. They saw, they walked through the Red Sea because God split it for them. Then they turned around on the other side and watched Pharaoh's army come through the Red Sea and get drowned. And yet, after seeing God Almighty working in their lives, the first thing they did was melt down all that gold and build a golden calf to worship fake gods. And they demanded to go back to Egypt to slavery. You see, folks, Democrats, the, the, the spirit of Democrats know about miserable activities. They know about evil. They know how that, that, that to treat someone worse than you can hope think of will lead for them to follow you. They understand violence. The slaves fought hard to stay on that plantation. And today, the, the, the free slaves are trying their best to go back to the plantation and serve their master 
And that's, that's why these fools are coming out here with their rap songs saying this and that to everybody else. The comedians are, are, are joking about success. They want us to believe that there's no hope but to get more for master. Look at what they're saying. Every problem facing black people requires white people to do something. Have you noticed that? We're too weak. We're too strong. They're too superior. Liberals know that they're superior. They know they believe it and they want us to believe it. They say that they have to take care of every problem we have. Now, they don't know it. They believe they're, that they're superior. Liberals are the most racist people on this planet. That's why I wrote the other book. The Democratic Party hates America. They hate everything about you. So get the book, Tribalism, and let's start educating ourselves on the individual personal freedom. There is no word more powerful than my actions. Stay right or be left. Eternity is a long time to be wrong.